0: Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. This is episode three of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, aka Mo. What's happening in the world of Mo today?
1: Man, there's always something uh, good going on in my life, Amber. It's good to be here. And uh, I'm just excited to talk about leadership. So why don't we uh, jump right into it?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I was thinking about our topic today, and I think we have our work cut out for us. Because here at Rising Tide Leadership, or RTL for short, we are about simplifying the complexities of the leadership journey. But today's topic has really had me scratching my head all week. Because even though it's something you and I have talked about extensively and on many occasions, when we talk about leadership intuition, which is what our topic is going to be about today, you know, it's a big topic and so i when i say we have our work cut out for us i really mean you have your work cut out for you (laughs) you know so we talked about developing your leadership lens last week and the law of intuition came up and for those of you that are listening out there we who've never heard of the law of intuition it's one of those laws found in John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And this is a book that you, Mo and I, we've read many times, you've taken people through it many times over the last 20 years, and you and I have read it together. And it's a book I've taken my staff through and many individuals through. And so we're gonna be discussing this book a lot on this podcast and still I'm sitting here wondering, how is he gonna pull off simplifying something that really seems like a complex concept, leadership intuition. So why don't you start off by defining leadership intuition for us?
1: Well, the simplest way to understand leadership intuition is how somebody evaluates any kind of event, incident, something that happens in life. Remember last week we talked about the leadership lens, which is how, people see things. This week, we're talking about the next level and adding the intuition piece. A leader's intuition should begin to inform everything they do. It should be kind of that little poke in the ribs that tells you, hey, what's the leadership angle of this specific situation? So everyone is intuitive in something. Everyone's intuitive of in their area of strength. For instance, we talked about last week, you see life through the lens of a mother, since you're a mom, and so you have gotten good at that over the years because you've had to go through all the situations with your uh, daughters and, and, and the things that they deal with. You start to see things through the mom lens, but then you become intuitive, and intuition, when we're talking about leadership, separates the great leaders, as John Maxwell uh, would say, from merely just the good ones.
0: Well, so then what is the difference or better yet, what is the relationship between the leadership lens that we talked about last week and leadership intuition?
1: Right. And I guess, you know, um, you know, to simplify it even more, uh, is just to say this again, first, the leadership lens is the way you see things. Leadership intuition is how you evaluate and see the action that must be taken based on whatever you see, because leaders are all about, they're all about action. I always tell people there's no real need for leaders if nothing goes wrong. I mean, think about it. If everything went okay and everything was just hunky-dory and peachy keen, we wouldn't need leadership. we just all kind of go about our day. But that's why it's important when John Maxwell talks about intuition that he talks about it in kind of two different ways. He says, look, you're either – somebody with natural leadership ability, or it's a learned skill for you. And actually, I would say it doesn't matter even if you have the natural ability, um, you still have to learn. But if you think about it simply in those uh, two categories, think about, man, do I have natural leadership ability? Or is this something that's kind of more difficult for me and I really want to do it, but it's a learned Skill and and don't worry if you don't know if you're a natural leader or if it's a learned skill, we'll get into all that. And and that in itself could be really complex. But but let me just put it this way. Let's talk about natural ability. This is where people get caught up a little bit because Everybody wants to be a natural-born leader, right? We all want to think that we're these these great leaders, you know. Like uh, I, I'm Alexander the Great, you know. Like I was just born, I'm a leader, you know. I was leading I was leading armies to conquer by the time I was 17 years old. But in reality, most people aren't right. So in, in fact, John Maxwell actually talks about three types of people in his leadership book. So at the very beginning, when you read the 21 Laws of Leadership he says this. You're going to fall into one of a couple categories. The first category is the natural leader. Those are the people that are born with an instinct and an intuition of what it means to lead people. This is very, very rare. Then there's a second category of people, which is not necessarily born leaders, but they are what John Maxwell calls learned leaders. Meaning They have the know-how and the potential skill sets to get uh, better at leadership, and they can become effective and become people of influence. And then, of course, there's the third category, which is the one you really don't want to be a part of, uh, which is those who will never be leaders. And John says himself that, um, you know, to be in this category, you kind of have to want to be in this category, meaning you almost have to intentionally want to not be a leader. You want to not influence others. And in fact, John Maxwell says in his book at the beginning, he says, look, if you're reading this book, you're probably not in that category because you at least want to learn. So what are the learned skills then? Right. I mean, we have natural leadership. And then so uh, you might be sitting there thinking, I don't think I'm a natural leader. Well, you might be a learned leader. You might be uh, have the learned skills of a leader. And this is the second portion of intuition and you want to hone your skills amber because the most important thing about being a leader is honing those skills it's the skill set that uh you want to get better at do you remember when we when we talked about angela duckworth yeah okay so i love the way angela duckworth put puts it in her book um it's a book called grit and i just love that word as a as a coach of of young student athletes i just love people need grit today and <laughs> In her book, she talks about talent versus effort. We have to remember that each of us is born with a certain amount of talent. You can't do anything about that. I can't do anything about that. Some of us are bigger, faster, stronger. Um, some of us are smaller, uh, weaker, not very good at whatever. Um, but whatever that talent is, that's that's your God-given piece of who you are. You can't change that, and neither can I. And that's not a bad thing. It's just kind of what you were given, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's a second and more important piece of the puzzle, which is the effort that people put in. And this is where Angela Duckworth says that talent plus effort equals skill plus talent, I'm sorry, uh, plus plus, uh, 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 working hard equals success. And the main thing there is that effort counts twice because you have the talent, then you put in the effort, that gives you the skill. And then you put in more effort and that's where you get your success quotient right there. And so the main thing that Angela Duckworth wants people to know is that, again, effort counts twice or at least twice. I mean, the more effort you put in, the better you're going to be, which is why some people are really, really talented, but they never really become the best or get good at it. Um, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't practice those talents, those talents are going to not necessarily go away, but they're going to fade to the background. And so uh, I'll kind of in in end with this. In the sports arena, it's really common um, as a player gets older, uh, you hear sometimes and, and, and listen for it, they'll say, man, that guy uh, this year, he lost a step or he's losing a step every year. And I mean, it's just kind of the natural progression of life, right? And that's why somebody like Tom Brady, who's actually older than I am, is still playing football and he's he's still athletic and and he's put in so many many good years because, I mean, if you look at uh, him throughout his whole career, he wasn't even really that – had as much talent as some of these other guys. He wasn't as fast or nimble, um, but he was really talented and kind of saw things differently. But it's not about working harder for him now. It's about working smarter. And that's why you probably hear people say the phrase, work smarter, not harder. So here's the real question, Amber. The real question is, are you, with all the talent you've been given, are you working on your skill sets?
0: Well, immediately, my mind goes to a whole other question. Do I even know what I need to get better at? Because I, I think it's safe to say that when you and I first started meeting, I wanted to work on my skill set. I just had no clue what I needed to get better at. I, I remember even initially when we had our conversation about intuition, I was surprised that you thought I didn't have intuition or good intuition. Because I, I I really thought I had it and I knew I was like a go with my gut sort of girl. But what I discovered was that. I was intuitive about making decisions, but I wasn't intuitive about how to lead people. And they're different, right? I, I didn't know how to read situations or people to know how to lead them in the decisions or the direction I knew we needed to go. So I was perpetually frustrated and, you know, and then what would make it worse is I would show up to coffee so mad thinking I was in the most difficult, complex leadership challenge. And you would just sit there and sometimes just laugh at me because (laughs) you knew exactly where I was on the leadership journey. And you knew what I needed to work on. And you knew this frustration piece was an important part of the process. And that was even more frustrating because to you, it seems so clear and so simple.
1: Well, I guess really the only thing I could say is for me, it really really is that clear and simple.
0: (laughs) I know, that's why it's frustrating.
1: (laughs) Yeah. you know, I remember, but you got to remember, Amber, and going back, I, I've spent so much time with, with Kevin Cobb and, and other good leaders that he's developed. So not even just him, but but other people that have uh, men and women who have poured into me and just continually answered my questions and answered my questions. And I mean, really, that's that's the kind of, that's where you and I are at on the journey right now. We're just, we're just, you know, sifting the wheat from, from the chaff, you know, we're, we're make we're bringing that, that complexity down and making it simple. And a lot of people might be listening out there and thinking to themselves, well, Mo, it might be easy for you, but you've been doing this leadership stuff for 20 years or whatever, and you're old. So, (laughs) right. So, so here it is. I'm going to give you your first shortcut today. Everybody listening to this podcast needs to Invest in in this this product right here. That and I'm about to give you a product. And uh, this is not something that that uh, I get any money or royalties for. I pay for it just like you do. I go to the website just like you do. And here it is. It's called the Clifton Strengths Finder Assessment. If you have never read the book Strengths Finder 2.0, um, and he's got a book before that, but you could really just uh, read that book. The the Clifton Strengths Finder 2.0. Uh, and then take that assessment that's on their website, Uh, it will change your world on the way that you see yourself. And there's two different assessments. And I'm not even talking about the the little one where it's like, you know, for less money, you can know your top five strengths, which are important. I'm talking about the more expensive one where you can know all 34 strengths and they put them in order. So you know what you're really good at and what you're really not good at. (laughs) So it's, and here it is, It's, it's just a small price to pay. To 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 enter into the arena and find out what am I good at, what am I not good at, what did I think I was good at, but I'm not good at. And I'll tell you this: when you find out your strengths, believe me that this strengths finder uh, assessment is spot on. You'll definitely want to make those changes to the way that you do things. I mean, Amber, you you've taken strengths finder. In fact. Um, when I start, first started working with you and your staff, I said, have you heard of this? And you're like, yeah, my entire staff has taken it. You even had it out on a nice little grid and all that. And I was like, <laughs> holy cow, this is a gold mine. And you're like, yeah, we, uh, we really don't use anything. I'm like, this needs to be your main thing. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, uh, if, if you do that, I guess what I'm saying is you're going to want to change uh, the way you do things. You might even want to change your job or you might even want to change your career. So it, it opens up a world of understanding of yourself and isn't that really uh what Confucius says you really just want to want to understand yourself right <laughs> but what it's going to do Amber is it's going to frustrate you right because yeah. what happens when we are living outside of our strengths so um anyway that that's just that that's a little free nugget go do that and um I'd love to hear uh if after when did you take that assessment and, and you listen, if you're living in your strength zone, are you living in your strength zone or are you just like banging your head against the wall, trying to be good at something that you're really not?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I really had it organized, right? I had a really nice chart that had <laughs> all parts. It hard- was beautiful. <laughs> it really was. Um, but I didn't know what to do with it. So I, I knew what they were, but I didn't understand what living within your strengths meant. And you're you're always saying, you've got to live within your strengths. Live within your strengths, Amber. You're frustrated because you're not living within your strengths. But help me make a, help make the connection for us today. How does knowing your individual strengths help you become more intuitive at leading other people?
1: The way that the way that these go together is this, you've heard the term, man, we're not even in the the same ballpark. Well, most people aren't even in the right ballpark when they want to be doing whatever they want to be doing in life. And so if you want to be a leader, you need to be in the right ballpark or another uh, uh, famous saying is, you know, you need to be on the right track. Are you on the right track? Meaning your train could be uh, going one way in life, And you might be doing great at whatever it is, but if you're on the wrong track, you're going the wrong way. So once you get on the right track, you got to do a second thing. You have to hitch your wagon (laughs) to the right train, which means following the right people. So really, Amber, it's two questions. Are you on the right track in life? And are you hitching your wagon to the right people on that track?
0: Okay, well, but there you go, making it sound simple again. (laughs) But it's not that simple, right? Because, well, it is that simple. But I think I ask myself, and I'm sure our listeners are probably asking themselves, but how do I know? Because see, we're talking about intuition. How do I know I'm on the right track? And how do I know I'm following good leaders? Because just because somebody tells you they're a good leader (laughs) doesn't mean they are. And they may, again, have some natural skill. But how do I know that I am following someone who is really strong in intuition that I may lack or need to grow in?
1: Yeah. How many people really have all of us uh, met? And if you're listening out there, how many people uh, out there? think they're good leaders right like we've all worked for people that think that they're these these great leaders and you're just kind of like i don't know you know so (laughs) here it is i mean you need to ask ask the right questions shocker right i mean it's never about (laughs) answers the leadership journey is never about answers it's always about questions and i think amber there's three questions or there's three types of questions that really are going to help um and uh, so are, are you ready for this
0: okay i'm ready Okay, here we go.
1: Th- these are the ones that that we that we write down. Um, and the first one is this. It's it's what I call the philosophical question, and that question is, why is leadership important to you? It, is what you're doing bringing you satisfaction and fulfillment? I, I think before you go any further, you have to ask yourself, do I really care about leadership? <laughs> do I really care, or or do I just want to care? I know that's that's really kind of a harsh question, but it's true. Leadership isn't about making important decisions so that everybody can see you standing up and being important and, and your hair waving in the wind and everybody saying, wow, that person, and she really knows what she's doing. No, leadership is about giving away all the perks and taking all the responsibility. You know, risk is something that you have to be okay with if you want to be in leadership because there's a lot of unknowns. So you know, what's your philosophy in life? Amber, we've talked about philosophy all the time it and, and that that's a tough one right yeah yeah so so probably a, a lot deeper than most people want to think about even and if if you're putting into other people and building others up um it, it, that has to be at the forefront of your mind every second of every day um then uh, if you can't do that, you probably don't want to be a leader that bad. If if you're not constantly putting people before yourself, um, then maybe you want to rethink wanting to do the leadership thing. Um, that's why there's so many people out there that uh, that live in what John Maxwell calls the first level of leadership or positional leadership. I, I put it easy uh, easy this way, Amber. If you and I were at a ball game, um, uh, and if I got hungry, I might be like, man, I, I, I want a dog and a coke. And I might say hey amber i'm going to get a dog and a coke would you like a dog and a coke well leaders are thinking about other people they're sitting there thinking man i wonder if amber wants a dog and a coke right now what does amber need what does she need to be successful is she hungry is, is she is she is, is she hungry for life <laughs> <Right? I> mean, <laughs> you know leaders are always thinking about their people and they're always wanting to put into their people before themselves um and, and this could be equated, I, I think, with the managerial myth. You know, so many people live in that positional leadership. They're not thinking about other people. And I've said for so many years that most people think they're good leaders, right? But when in reality, they're probably just poor managers. And how do I know this? Well, I've worked in a lot of companies with a lot of people who think they're leaders, but they're really just poor managers at best. Um, and just because you have a position doesn't mean that you're the leader in fact maxwell says that you know a lot of the times it's 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 really unfortunately not that person who is the true leader of the company or the team or whatever so that brings me to kind of a a sub point of this of of the, the philosophical question which is um you don't need to have a position to be a leader we hear that all the time right but but yeah, we don't really get much into it you know we just kind of say it it's a it's a cliche we just we have to say it right yeah just because you're not the leader doesn't mean that you can't lead so mm-hmm. let me put it to you simply and in plain language right <laughs> that's what right. We're, we're trying <laughs> to do here <laughs> when people come to you and want your advice on something that has nothing to do with your work relationship then you're probably again scratching the surface of leadership I mentioned that in the last podcast, right? And let me just say that that part one more time. When you start having that kind of influence in an organization where you don't hold the title title of a leader of a leader, um, you're probably going to start ruffling feathers because people are going to start coming to you, and then all of a sudden, other people are going to equate that with you wanting to take over or undermine the system. When in reality, you're probably just living within your strengths, and you're frustrated because you're thinking man, I'm just trying to do good things. and people are coming to me and now I'm getting in trouble because I'm trying to do what they told me to do, which is lead. <laughs> well, now, now that, that might be a little bit more on the natural leader side, I guess. But even as you learn leadership and you raise your leadership, lit, trust me, you're going to start having to deal with that. People are going to come to you and other people are going to say, well, who does she think she is? And you're going to be like, well, I don't think I'm anybody. I just, I'm caring about people. Because Amber, that's what happens when you're on the leadership journey. You can't help, but wanting to change your entire philosophy of life. So, so back to the whole philosophy part of it, leadership just isn't a part of what you do. It's about making that a way of life, which means you're probably going to be a leader and a person of influence way before you actually hold any kind of title. And that's why I love hanging out with young people so much because I remember being that person when I was young and thinking, man, I got good things to say and nobody wants to listen to me because, know i'm just this young guy and people don't think i know but but i know and and kevin was the one who saw that and so you know the question is are, are you are you ready to change your philosophy and do you really want to be a leader yeah
0: well and after all this if we haven't scared you off and you still want to be a leader you know because it's like wow i I don't want to be just a managerial person i don't want to be just be living or being a poor manager at best even if i have a manager position i still want to be a leader i want to be able to help inspire people care for people help lead them to understanding their strengths but it's a big job and like you said if you don't have a leadership position not only it, sometimes it's hard to lead, but we also use that as an excuse of, uh, well, it's, I'm not the leader, so I don't necessarily have to do it, but it really comes down to, do you want to be a leader? So if you still really want to be a leader and you want to learn to develop your leadership intuition, then there's also another question that we need to ask And so we talked about the philosophical question, but there's the relational question, which is do the people you follow have fruit on the tree? What does that mean? Help us understand that.
1: I would say that this is where a majority of people get tripped up when talking about the law of intuition. I think we've established that there are a lot of us out there that want to be better at leadership and we, we can, or even want to see life through a leadership lens but do you know where you're, where you're going? You know, do you know if you're really doing it and how do you know if you're actually making your leadership intuition better? That's a great question. And the problem is there's a lot of people out there that think they're following good leaders, but in reality, they're just following people that aren't really good good leaders themselves. I mean, I I can't tell you how many uh, senior pastors, middle level, middle level managers, uh, department store managers, or, or anybody that has a position think that they're good leaders they would actually want people to follow them and and believe that they're leaders but the crazy thing is people actually follow them and, and so now they're 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 following people that really aren't strong leaders and and are not living the leadership journey they're not living a, a philosophy of leadership and so i mean in fact, it's funny amber people make fun of me all the time because in fact, you've you've done this, right? Uh, you're just like, well, it was easy for you, Mo, because you were underneath Kevin Cobb, who was this phenomenal leader, and you know, and Kevin was, and is, and 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 he's probably one of the most truest, sincerest leaders, um, uh, in any sense of the word. And so, did I have it easy? I guess maybe I don't know, <laughs> but but the answer is this. Sorry, <laughs> right? I mean. I, 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 I think I always you know, had a pretty good idea though that Kevin was a strong leader because I, I, I kind of really saw leadership through a, a certain perspective growing up, even. But you know, Kevin really just didn't talk about leadership. He acted on it. Um, you and I talked about last week about being others focused. Well, Kevin was always others focused. we've We've also been talking over the last uh, couple of years, really. Um, about my, my time with Kevin and he was, he was always making sure that he asked me the hard questions. So I always want to ask hard questions. Um, he was always reading something. So I wanted to read something. He was challenging me and everything that he, that, that I did, but it wasn't because I was doing it because he was already doing it. He, he wanted me to have my own views. And this is uh, probably a good tact by him because um, as anybody uh, knows my personality, you know, I'm pretty skeptical about that stuff anyway, but um, he actually took the time to get to know me specifically and personally and influence me the way that I needed to be influenced. And he did that with everybody else individually, other, other people uh, that were under him as well. So my question to you is this, do you know that you're following somebody or people who know what they're doing? And, and and what do other strong leaders say about them? Who are the company that they keep? Do they listen to you? Are they relational people? Because I'll tell you this, I can pretty much assess somebody's leadership lid lead pretty accurately within a short amount of time. And I'm talking within a couple of discussions, but put me in a room with the people that fall underneath them. I don't even need the leader and I can tell you accurately what that leadership lit is, because it's simple. You can see leaders by who they, who they lead and what those people don't even say about them really, but how they respond to them.
0: Yeah. You know, I, again, we've talked, I think we talked in our first podcast and I haven't actually ever met Kevin Cobb and I'm looking forward to the day that I do, but I, I know by what it is that you have challenged me with and what you attribute to Kevin. Cause you're always like, this isn't me, this is Kevin or this is you know, you know, or John Maxwell, whoever it is, but you're, you are always pointing to those that you have learned from, but I could tell just by the way that you have challenged my leadership, that Kevin Cobb was an excellent leader and is an excellent leader. And so, yeah, you are the fruit or the byproduct of his leadership. And yes, There are times I have been very jealous of that or have wanted to use that as an excuse of, well, you had Kevin Cobb. But what I recognize now is that, yes, you had it great in some ways that you had a strong leader to follow, but he also really challenged you. He didn't let you off the hook on anything either. And so I think that's something you wanna look for too in someone of don't make it easy on me. you know, Again, I'm a challenger, that's my personality, but I'm like, hey, if I'm gonna choose to follow you, don't make it easy on me. I wanna know that this journey is worthwhile, that I can do it, one, because you're modeling it, but two, that, that I will grow at the end of this, that I am growing in the process of this. So yeah, that's that's really good and that's helpful of trying to look at the leaders in our lives and say, okay, is this someone that is producing something in their life that I want to aspire to? So we we've talked about the philosophy question, the relational question. And so then there's only one thing left to do. And that is, look at us personally. So there's the personal question. So, Mo, what question should our leaders be sincerely asking themselves right now?
1: The personal question is this: Am I willing to do what it takes to become a more intuitive leader? That's it. And yes, I was under uh, the tutelage of Kevin Cobb and many excellent leaders, but it didn't matter because I'm the one who had to take the step. It was a personal question: Was I willing to do what it takes? And this is where the rubber meets the road. There are a lot of people out there that that don't want to put in the time um they don't want to do what it takes to become a more influential person they might talk a big game but when it comes down to brass tacks they really just don't want to put in the work and before i even knew what leadership was i knew that i wanted to have influence other people over, over people um and if you were to ask me back then exactly what that meant i, I probably couldn't have explained it to you in the terms um that we do today. I would have probably just said, "I don't know. I want to have authority. I want to be important, <laughs> right?" Because that's what we all <laughs> think leadership is. But everybody wants that. In fact, Sigmund Freud uh, even says that when it comes down to it, we really only want a couple things in life. And one of those urges that we have is the urge to feel important. And what I'm talking about is, you know, taking this to the next level. When I say you need to be willing to do what it takes to become a more intuitive leader. You have to personally, you know, really start to think about life through the lens of a leadership, as we talked about, and want to understand leadership and make every decision based on that. John Maxwell says that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So if you were to take it down to the base definition, we all have some kind of influence in the lives of others, whether that's good or if that's bad. But leadership as a term really is having influence other people influence over other people. The problem is I would say that there are more bad leaders than good leaders. And, you know, isn't that really true about life and in any uh any kind of uh part of life that you that, that you come into? In, in any industry, there's probably a lot of bad people and there's uh some okay people that kind of get by and then there's just a, a few that are really, really good. And those are the kind of leaders that I want to be around. I mean, think about it, when, when you go to work, um, th- there's people that, that are, aren't really good at what they do, um, but they think they are, right? Um, and, and, <laughs> and it's the same in leadership. Um, but a lot of people, even though they think they do, they don't really have any idea what they're talking about. And that's really the base problem right there. There's way too many people out there that think they're doing a, a good job, and they're just really not. And you don't wanna be one of those people. You can you can you can fool your superiors, right? But you can never fool your subordinates. If you have people that are underneath you that you're leading, you can't fake it till you make it, because your people can see when you're faking it, and they will resent it. So, Amber, the, the real question is: Do you even want to be better? And I'm not saying you you were particular. <laughs> Right. Yes, we're, I do. <laughs> I promise. We're having this conversation right now. I, we've been talking about that. and um, Yeah, but but the, the question for everybody out there is, do you, do you even want to be better? Because if you don't, just say it. It's all right. You know, I mean, you might not be, maybe you're just like, man, I just got to make it through life, right? I don't know. But out of all the people listening to this, I would say that there are probably more people, just like that idea of leadership I mentioned, that, probably just don't really want to roll up their sleeves and actually put in the work over the long haul. Um, Or as Kevin calls it the long haul, Um, and and I hate when he talks about that because it just means that I'm going to have to pay my dues and pay my dues and pay my dues. Um, And it's something that you have to work out. And when I say the long haul, I'm talking 20 years or so. If you haven't thought about leadership in in, in the span of, man, I'm going to do this for the next 20 or 30 years and I want to get better over the next 20 or 30 years, then I would say something in your leadership intuition is probably probably lacking. So um, how's that for encouragement?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, on that (laughs) note… But when you say that it will take the next 20 years for our listeners to really develop their leadership, you aren't saying that they won't see any results for 20 years. I can say from personal experience that once I embraced the fact that this journey was something worth pursuing, I realized that it isn't just a 20-year journey even, that it's a lifelong journey. And it's a journey that I decided I want to be on for the rest of my life. So then why not start right away? And and with that mentality, I started reading and learning and stretching and growing. And it became evident not just in me, but in those that I was leading as well. And there is nothing more rewarding than that. When you see that you are putting an effort into yourself, but others get to benefit from that. So don't lose heart, listeners. The journey is long, but every step is rewarding and worth it. But that just about concludes our time for today. Next week, we're gonna actually continue with part two of the leadership intuition conversation by giving you five specific areas that you can focus on that will help grow your leadership intuition. So you don't wanna miss that. But before we go, Mo, what are some of your final thoughts for our listeners today?
1: I would say that, no matter where you're at in the leadership journey, no matter where you feel like your intuition is of your leadership lens, if you're trying to to grow one and change that uh, again, don't lose heart, always ask, ask good questions. And you might want to ask a couple questions of people that you trust in today and just say, Hey, am I an intuitive leader? And that is, that that's a vulnerable question and uh, people might not know exactly what you're saying but they'll they'll know how how to answer because your people know you and so just remember that uh somebody's always watching especially as a leader uh, and it's tough because uh, you're expected to do the great things all the time and make good decisions all the time and actually that's that's what i would expect as well from people who want to be leaders because when you're a leader there's people that are um They need you to make good decisions because your decisions, good or bad, are going to affect them. So ask the right questions. Keep the journey going and uh, work on the leadership uh, uh, lens and work on the intuition factor. And you will start seeing fruit and it'll be like, holy cow, you will have that light bulb moment.
0: Yeah. And it's all going to be worth it. Right. (laughs) So everybody, thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on this 20 plus year leadership journey. You can also find us at risingtideleadership.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. We'll see you again next week. Bye.